The following is the English translation of Pastor Mong En Wu's teaching on the Book of Genesis, chapter twenty-nine to thirty, translated by Ray. Read the Bible every day, so you will be full of faith. So today we are going to look at Genesis chapter twenty-nine and thirty. Recall that in chapter twenty-eight, Jacob had a quid pro quo style prayer with God that if God will be with me and will keep me in this way, what that I go. And will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God, and I will give a full tenth to you. So, starting from chapter twenty-nine, we will start to see how God gradually used all kinds of circumstances to prune Jacob. And so, also when we are reading these two chapters, you will see, wow, how do you deal with the characters of Jacob so that he can be transformed? From Jacob into Israel, so we can also pray that Lord today may you also prune me, may you also、uh, give me an upgrade, may you also continue to build me because there are many blind spots in me that I don't know and I need you to reveal. So let's first、uh, look at from verse one to verse six. As Jacob arrived at this place, his strength start to come out. Right, so God He put him. At the right places, at the right timing, and then meeting the right person, so that when all the shepherds guy they come, he immediately asks, "Do you know Laban, the son of Nahor?" And they said, "Yeah, we know him." Just while Jacob is still asking if Laban is doing well, Rachel came, and this indeed answered the prayer that Jacob made in chapter twenty-eight. And God also promised Jacob that wherever you go, God will keep you. So here today we can also pray according to this verse, saying that Lord, may you guide me so that wherever I go, you will keep me. So later on in verse seven, here again Jacob is using his own strength to do stuff because he wants to spend time with Rachel. So he told all these shepherds, saying that behold, it's still high day; it's not time for the livestock to be gathered together, water the sheep and go pasture them. But then the shepherds tell him that no, no, it's not the timing that we can only water our sheep in the evening. So you can see that Jacob, he's like very manipulative. He just want all the circumstances, all the other people to follow whatever he's doing. But God, you will see later on, gradually he will use someone who is even more crafty than him, which is his own uncle Laban, to deal with these personality. So in verse eleven, Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud, and Jacob told Rachel everything. So that at that time Jacob was already seventy-seven years old. Also remember that he was born after twenty years of marriage between Isaac and Rebecca. So the last time Laban saw his own sister Rebecca is already like ninety-seven years ago, and now after ninety-seven years, Laban's niece come from a far place. And also remember that ninety-seven years ago, Eliezer he brought all the abundance, all the wealth to come to have Rebecca as the wife of Isaac. But now, this again at the same place at Padan Aram. Now it's Jacob, and he's just alone, and he only bring his hand staff. Okay, so this is a huge contrast across this ninety-seven years. And later in verse fourteen and fifteen. Laban said to him, "Surely you are my bone and my flesh." And he stayed with him a month. Then Laban said to Jacob, "Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing?" 
tell me what shall your wages be? So here Jacob is actually trying to flee away from his own brother and to find his uncle Laban according to his mom's words. And so he's supposed to be treated like a son, even if it's not a son, at least should be treated as someone honorable, like a relative. But now he met Laban, who is more crafty than him. So he's now become like a hired hand or even a slave. Even though here Laban said something kind that saying that, oh, you are my king's man, but he's actually treating him as someone worse than a hired hand. So of course, God will bring us to Bethel to have a true encounter with him. But God will also bring us to Padan Aram to let allow us to meet the Laban in our life. And God will use all these circumstances to deal with our craftiness, deal with our pride, deal with our greediness. So today, if we meet someone and we, and we were like, oh, how come this person is so greedy? Why is he so crafty? Why is he so, so stingy? Why is he so pride? Maybe God is actually using this Laban in our life to reveal how much we need God's salvation in our own life. So now Laban has two daughters, Leah and Rachel, and Jacob loves Rachel. And also he's willing to serve Laban for seven years in order to marry the younger daughter, Rachel. And so Laban said that, right, it's better that I gave her to you than I should give her to any other man. So stay with me. And at that time, the wages of a hired hand is about one shekel per month. So if Jacob worked for Laban for seven years, then he should get 84 shackles, right? It's actually quite a lot of money. And also at that time, the bride gift is roughly 30 shackles. So for Jacob to be willing to pay a price of seven years to marry Rachel, he's actually paying double or even 2.5 times the usual amount to marry her. So you can see that Jacob, he really loves Rachel. He's giving his own heart. He is so longing to marry her. So in verse 20, so Jacob served seven years for Rachel and they seemed to him that a few days because of the love he had for her. But if we read uh, later on in chapter 31, you will notice that Jacob changed his word. He says like these seven years, 14 years, 20 years, by day the heat consumed me and the cold by night and my sleep fled from my eyes and you have changed my wages 10 times so in the beginning, he's willing to pay all these prizes because of his love for Rachel. Oh, it seems so romantic, so amazing. But after 20 years, when he looked back, everything, it became extremely bitter and painful. So today, maybe we can also pray to the Lord that today, the thing that I am pursuing, that the worldly stuff that I'm pursuing, I thought that maybe it's so worth it for me to pay all the prize for me to pay all my time, all my efforts, so that I can earn my degree, earn my fame, earn a good occupation, earn a good housing. But later on, you might also realize that we are actually living a life that is by the day, the, the heat consuming and the cold by night and my sleep fled from my eyes. So only the blessings from the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So today, brothers and sisters, what are the things that you're pursuing? And also today, Jacob loves the beautiful Rachel. But if you look at the Bible, actually, the one that God measured for Jacob is Leah. So dear families, if we are not able to see the best thing that God's prepared for us using our spiritual eyes, 
but instead we are only using our physical eyes and we are determined to marry the beautiful Rachel, then the price that you pay in the beginning, maybe you are able to feel that all these seven years of pain are just like a few days. But eventually, you will realize all the circumstances that can bring to you are always pain, bitter, and sorrow. And so later on in the wedding, because Jacob was drunk, and also the scheme from Laban. So the next morning in verse 25, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, what is this you have done to me? Do I not serve with you for Rachel? Why then have you deceived me? Oh, wow. So here you see that when Jacob, back in the day when he tricked his brother, he never asked why. But now he was finally being tricked. He started to ask why. Actually, we human, we are all very similar to Jacob. Sometimes we unintentionally hurt others because we are making decisions according to our own interests or our own preference. And we never know that how much pain and sorrow those decisions brought to others. Only until when we are finally hurt by others, maybe being schemed by someone or lied to, then we start to ask God, God, why are you dealing with me like this? So if at this moment we can change how we respond to it and we say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I praise you. I thank you through these things that you are revealing, exposing my weaknesses, revealing that how much grace and salvation that I need inside me. So dear families, if recently you encounter many difficulties, maybe you start to have some struggle just in the beginning of 2024, you can say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, you are preparing me, you are pruning me so that I can become Israel. Thank you that you are ruling over me and you are molding me so I can become the vessels that you can use. Okay, so in verse 26 to 28, Jacob served Laban for another seven years for Rachel. And then in verse 28, Jacob did so and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter, Rachel, to be his wife. So Jacob will definitely not willing to pay the seven-year work of wages for Leah. He will only do it for Rachel. But the past seven years he did, he thought that he's doing it for Rachel, but his uncle turned it into for Leah. So now he has to serve for Rachel for another seven years. So, you know, no matter how crafty you are, you can never outsmart the sons of this world. Remember that 97 years ago, the servant of Abraham, Eleazar, basically what he did, he just closely followed the Lord. He just keep praying and asking for God's will. And then he met Rebecca by the will. And then when he went to Laban's place in the conversation, God, it's very obvious that God's words is revealing from his words. So Laban then says, oh, yeah, the thing has come from the Lord. We cannot speak to you bad or good. But now, 97 years afterwards, the crafty Jacob, he's trying to use his own strength to get what he wants, but he still cannot art smart Laban. So their families, what are we relying upon? Are we relying on our own wisdom, our own logic, our own craftiness, or could we just be like Eleazar? He is just simply just following God, seeking God's will, and proclaiming God's will. Then in those cases, even someone as crafty as Laban, he has to say that this thing has come from the Lord. We cannot speak to you good or bad. So dear families, it's now up to you to make this judgment. Jacob or Eleazar, who are the smart person, right? 
So later on in verse 32 to 35, Leah conceived and she kept having children, but Rachel is just barren. So this is actually God's intentional arrangement because later on in chapter 30, we will see when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she said to Jacob, give me children or I shall die. And then in verse 2, Jacob finally acknowledged his own limitation because his anger was kindled against Rachel and he said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? So Jacob, he you can use his own scheme. He used his ability to grab. He has his calculation and all those things. And also when Jacob first met Rachel, you know, the stone on the mouth of the well is actually very, very heavy. And it takes many shepherds to move it. But Jacob, he's able to move that stone by himself. So you can see that Jacob, he's really smart. He has a good strength and he has the street smart. Everyone would like Jacob, right? But in terms of this problem of fertility, that Jacob finally realized his own limitation and he acknowledged his limitation. Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? So maybe one day if God brought us into our circumstances that we can't use our own strength anymore and we don't even know how to do it, we don't know who we can seek help with. In this truly desperate, helpless, hopeless, powerless scenario that we can finally say that, yes, Lord, it's truly God's hand that allows me to encounter these things because it's exactly that God wants me to realize that before God can open his way to us, we human, we will always try to compete. We will try to find our needs, use our own method. We'll try to find our own foothold, find our own support. But actually, if we are willing to just let go, just like Jacob, to say that, yes, Lord, today I choose to trust you, then I believe actually the Bible could be changed. But Jacob, even though he acknowledged his, his limitation, but he did not fully surrender. He still think that he has power. He has the ability. He has the scheme. He thought that he can do it. So later on, the competition between Leah and Rachel begins. And then it later on becomes a competition between their maidservants. How many kids? Who can born? And then with all these things, there are 10 kids that's come out from it. And later on in verse 22, then God remembered Rachel and God listened to her and opened her womb. So in verse 23, she conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph, meaning may he add, saying, may the Lord add to me another son. So from the second half of chapter 29 to chapter 30, so on, you can see that he just gave birth to like so many kids and also a daughter, Dinah. And you will found that, wow, this house is so abundant. And also the name of each kid, they seems very spiritual. All those names is expressing their gratitude, their praise to the Lord. Every single name is related to God. But actually, in reality, it's all the competition between these two sisters. They are looking for their own desire, their own benefits, and all everything spanned from this competition between them. So even though all their names sounds very spiritual, but in reality, the household is full of competition and there is no peace. So this life in Pan and Aram is actually completely deconstructing Jacob as a person. And this is actually a good thing. So their families, 
please don't complain about your family. Don't complain about your marriage. Don't complain about your kids or your in-laws. That because in every single pruning, in all circumstances, it's actually God trying to expand our life, trying to grow us. So if we did not learn these lessons honestly, it would become very hard for us to step into God's destiny for us. So in the beginning of 2024, let us trust God's hands. Let us completely surrender ourselves to Him. And in all the circumstances, learn to give thanks, learn to praise, and we will find that our path could be much more straightforward. So in verse 25 to 26, as soon as Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own home and country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you that I may go. For you know the service that I have given you. So at this moment, Jacob has already served Laban for 14 years. And in these 14 years, he received no inheritance. Even though he got wife, he got kids, but his mom never sent a messenger to call him back. That means probably Esau is probably, probably so angry with him. So in these 14 years of discipline from the Lord, Jacob couldn't see his father and mother. And also when he's under Laban, he was not treated like a son, but instead he's treated like a slave. So finally at this moment, he has this desire to go back to his own home and his own country. And he wants to go back to God's promised land. So many, oftentimes we will only think of God when we are suffering. We will start to ask, Lord, where are you? Only when we are facing difficulties and challenge, we will want to pray. God, where's your salvation? Where's your hand? So you know, sometimes difficulties are not necessarily a bad thing. The key is that whether or not we know how to respond in the middle of suffering, that we can find a response to God's calling in our life, to respond to His command, respond to His promise. So here Isaac, he used to be in a spiritual slumber, right? But when he realized that Jacob tricked the blessing away from Esau, Isaac's spirit is awakened and Rebekah's spirit is awakened. And Jacob's spirit is also awakened. And then later on, Jacob fled to Paden Aram through these 14 years of suffering. He finally remembered all the promise, remembered the blessings, remembered that his parents are still there, remembered the promised land, the land of Canaan, the gearer, that place. So he finally said that, yes, now is the time that I want to go back. So in verse 27, Laban said to him, if I had found favor in your sight, I have learned by divination that the Lord had blessed me because of you. So, you know, these 14 years of pain, Laban can recognize that this is a blessing from the Lord. So don't think that your suffering cannot be a good testimony of the Lord. Don't always feel that only when we are successful, when we have victory, when we're abundant, when we're powerful, and that's the only time that we can make glorious testimony to the Lord. But sometimes actually when we are in our most weakest point, the lowest point that actually our endurance and our faith and our joy in those circumstances are actually also telling others that the fact that God is with us and God is, has blessing and God is looking after us. So later in verse 28, it says, name your wages and I will give it. So Laban changed the wages 10 times just to keep Jacob. So Jacob said that, okay, then let's part the livestock. For you had little before I came, and it has increased abundantly. 
So now Jacob said, "Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep and every black lamb and the spotted and the speckled among the goats, and they shall be my wages." And Laban said that, "Oh, it sounds good because at that time the speckled, spotted, or black lambs are actually quite worthless." So you know that Laban he seems also is doing this calculation. It seems like now he's in the advantage point. But actually, Jacob here is also planning something. So we don't know if it's Jacob's own scheme or actually some guidance from the angels. But we know that from now on, Jacob's life starts to have some change. So he said the stick that he had peeled in front of the flock in the trough, that is the watering place where the flock came to drink. And since they breed when they came to drink, the flock breed in front of the stakes, and so the flock brought forth striped, speckled, and spotted. But he did not do the same thing for Laban's flock. And eventually, the stronger ones belongs to Jacob, and the feeble ones belong to Laban. And in verse forty-three, thus the men increased greatly and had large flocks, female servants and male servants, and camels and donkeys. So, in the previous fourteen years, um, Jacob had nothing. But in these last six years before he leave, he used his tricks and he obtained a huge amount of flocks, female servants and male servants, and camels and donkeys. So remember that Jesus once said that with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So God will use the same kind of person as we are to prune us. So maybe at this moment in the competition between Jacob and Laban, it seems like Jacob is in the advantage. It seems like in these six years, Jacob used this schemes that he received the abundance, even though it looks like Laban he only got all the feebled、uh, flocks, and it seems like Jacob had won this competition. But if we keep reading later in chapter thirty-one onwards, then we will found that God, in every single circumstances, He still have some even stronger pruning. So we have to remember one thing, dear families, with the crooked. God makes Himself seems torturous. With the humble, God shows Himself honor. With the obedient, God shows Himself abundant. So we have to see that maybe we have the same、uh, wisdom, same same brilliance, same craftiness, same ability as Jacob. But today we don't have to went through all those winding path like Jacob. If we can learn to give thanks, praise, and rely on God in all these circumstances. Learn humility and obedience, and then this will be the fastest path that will allow us to step into our calling and destiny. Amen.